Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Jeff R. Steele. Dr. Steele is the senior pastor of Redeeming Grace Church of Coleman, Alabama. He's a conference speaker, owner of the Christian music group The Steels, and an award-winning singer and songwriter. Now, here's Dr. Steele. If you would this morning, I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Joshua, chapter number 6, Joshua chapter 6 and verse 27. I had about three different versions of this particular message I used to preach when we were on the road, and I've kind of amalgamated them. You see, you don't have many preachers these days that'll say amalgamated, but I dare to be different. I have amalgamated the three of these or four of these together. Let me read the text. Joshua 6 and verse number 27, the Bible says, so the Lord was with Joshua. Let me stop just a minute and say something there. The Lord was with Joshua. The Lord is with you too. The Lord has been with us this morning. The Lord has been with us this morning. Amen. No, no, I said the Lord has been with us this morning. Amen. And that's the good news. Praise God he's been with us this morning. But you know what? The Bible says the Lord was with Joshua and the Lord's with you. He's with us here. He's with us other places where we go. But listen, folks, the Lord is also with you when you sneak off behind the barn and do something you should not do. Bible says he hears everything we say. That's when we're off cussing somebody and when we're blessing his name. The Bible says the Lord sees everywhere that we go. The Lord is with us everywhere that we go. When we go places we should not be, he sees us. Worse than that, when we go places we shouldn't go and do things we shouldn't do, the Lord is with us. So he's with us always. Let's never forget, like the Lord was with Joshua, the Lord is with us as well. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame. Now there's a word you don't hear in church very often. Joshua's fame. Everybody say that word with me. Joshua's fame. What? Joshua's fame. Oh, I don't think half y'all heard me ask you. Joshua's Fame, that's good. Joshua's fame was noised or heard about throughout all the country. Joshua was famous. Famous for what? He was famous for the fact that the Lord was with him. That's why he was famous. Many of us today would like to be famous for the same reason. We would love for people to know about us all over the countryside because of the fact that the Lord is with us. I have one simple thought I want to share with you this morning, and, and I'm through. I'm just as hungry as you are. I said, I'm just as hungry as you are. Those donuts leaked all over me this morning. So if you see me starting to lick my coat today or lick my fingers because some of that sugar is on them donuts, is on me in different places. Joshua was a man who was famous for his walk with the Lord. So here's my thought. So you, so you want to be famous. Well, our 
best effort today will be to look at the life of Joshua and see how to get it done. How can it be said of us, our fame is known about everywhere because of our Lord's presence in our lives. Everybody's talking about how the Lord is with us. But unfortunately, I can't even talk to you about so you want to be famous until we differentiate between two terms, the term famous and the term infamous, because in America, we seem to have forgotten that there's any difference between the two. In America, our young people today, following the example of Madonna and Eminem and Miley Cyrus, they seem to have forgotten that there's anything that separates being famous and being infamous. Listen, folks, famous means you are well-known and highly regarded because of something good you are or something good you've done. That's famous. Infamous means you are looked down upon, you are ostracized, you are thought less of because of something bad you are or because of something bad that you've done. There is a difference between being famous and being infamous. This generation of people in America, they don't seem to care why your picture's on the front page of the newspaper. They just care that it's on the front page of the newspaper. They don't care that you're on the 6 o'clock news. They just, or why you're on the 6 o'clock news. They just care that you're on the 6 o'clock news. They don't care why everybody's talking about you, just that everybody's talking about you. Oh, there is a difference between being famous and being infamous. Here is Joshua. He was a man that is one of my favorites. People, when they get to heaven, they say, I want to talk to Paul. I want to talk to Samson. I want to talk to Joshua. He's one of my favorites through Scripture. He was one of the spies that Moses sent over into the promised land to check things out. Twelve of them went. Only two came back with a good report, and Joshua was one of them. He was faithful as for 40 years. He was the number two man to Moses. He was Moses' associate pastor. He was faithful in the life of his family. He was faithful all the way to the end of his life. With his family, he said, choose this day whom you will serve, whether you will serve the Lord or some other God. He said, as for me and my house, we, our family, will serve the Lord. And at the end of his life, he's talking to the children of Israel. He says, incline your hearts to the Lord. What was it that made Joseph or Joshua all these J's, Joseph, Joshua, Jonah, I can't keep up with all of them. What was it that made Joshua so famous in his relationship with God? Well, number one, Joshua had learned the principle. Somebody write this down. This is important. Joshua had learned the importance of the principle of obedience. If the church needed one thing today that it could be more accepting of, it would be the principle of obedience. The Bible says it's better to obey than it is to sacrifice. You can come to God and provide all kind of sacrifices, provide your money as a sacrifice, provide your time as a sacrifice. But listen, the Bible says it's better to just be obedient than it is to offer up all these sacrifices. But Joshua had learned it. 
He had learned the principle of obedience. Oh, my. We desperately need today to learn the principle of obedience when it comes to our worship. What do you mean, Brother Jeff? We need to become obedient when it comes to the area of our attendance in worship. Now, I'm not going to spend much time here because you're here. My grandfather, God rest his soul, he pastored all over this country from the West Coast back all the way to Tennessee. And there was not a Sunday I ever heard him preach where he didn't stand in the pulpit and jump on the folks about not coming to church. Finally, as a young boy, I just looked at him and I said, Granddaddy, I said, these folks is here. They don't need to beaten up on. You need to go around through the neighborhood and visit this week if you want to and tell some of the folks that weren't here what a bad job they're doing, but these folks are here. So I'm not going to beat up on y'all, but I want to say this. Hebrews chapter 10 says, forget not the assembling of yourselves together after the manner of some. But you know what? I've never met a person yet who's on vacation or homesick or having to work. I've never met a person yet who forgot to come to church. The Hebrews writer said, don't forget to go to church. I've never met one that forgot to go to church. If they're on vacation, they're not there because they forgot to come to church. Nobody's on vacation today who you could walk up to them with a microphone and say, why are you here today? It's church day and have them say, I, I, I forgot about church. Nobody forgets to go to church. They actively make their plans to do what they do knowing full well they are going to miss church. We need to become obedient when it comes to the area of our attendance at the house of God. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that because you're here. I don't have to drill that home in your head because you're here. But here's something maybe we could talk about a little bit. We need to become obedient. Joshua had learned the principle of obedience. It made him famous. We need to learn to become obedient when it comes to our participation when we come to the house of God. All right, you learned how to be faithful in your attendance, but what about your participation when you are here? Sometimes, and our church is getting better and better and better at this, but we're not where I want us to be yet. Folks, whatever happened, now Brad's learned well. He's heard me say so many times through the years, if you feel comfortable, raise your hands. Well, let me just say this. I'm always going to say that because I don't want to violate your comfort zone wherever that may be. But folks, if you don't feel comfortable raising your hands, what's the problem? There is a problem because if you don't feel comfortable raising your hand, it's not me you have an argument with. It's the Word of God you have an argument with. Let me read you what the Bible says. The Bible says in Lamentations 3 and verse 41, we lift up our hands toward God in heaven. Psalm 134, 2 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Psalm 63, 4 says, so I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 6 says, 
Then Ezra blessed the Lord, and the people answered him and said, Amen, amen, while lifting up their hands. First Kings chapter 8 and verse 54 says, When Solomon had finished praying, he lifted his hands toward heaven. First Kings chapter 8 and verse 22 says, Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord and lifted his hands toward heaven. Oh, that's all Old Testament, Brother Jeff, not this one. First Timothy says this, I want men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands. If you have a problem raising your hands toward heaven, you don't have a problem with me. You don't have an argument with me. You have an argument plain and simple with the word of God. And we need to learn how to be obedient when it comes to the area of participation when we attend the house of God. And we need to learn how to lift our hands toward heaven. I had about three said amen right there. We need to learn to be obedient when it comes to the area of lifting our hands and participating in the worship service. Because the Bible says so. Not because I say so, but because the Bible says so. We need to be obedient in our participation. Look, it was never my goal for Redeeming Grace Church to become a church like all the rest of them. Now, this morning, I walked over here to Brad. They were practicing, and I looked out at this section right here. Several had already come in, put down their Bibles, put down their purses. I saw a car seat sitting out there. Seats were marked everywhere for when they came back. That's where they were going to sit. I looked at Brad, and I said, you know, we're starting to look more and more like every other church in the county where people put down their blankets and their pillows and everything else to mark their place for worship. Now, that's okay. It doesn't bother me. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff anyway. But, folks, it never was my desire for this to be a church like any other church. And you know what most other churches are like today? They're like a funeral home. It's like they're commemorating somebody's death. I'll never forget this. It actually happened to me. We were singing down on the Gulf Coast of Alabama. This has been several years ago now. And I walked into the pastor's office. We were just making small talk and conversation. And finally, I just said, Pastor, I said, is God really moving down here on the Gulf Coast of Alabama? Or is it about like it is everywhere else? He said, Brother Jeff, let me tell you this. He said, last Sunday night in our service, we actually had a man to die. He actually died in our service. Well, we did the only thing we could do. We called 911, and they sent out the paramedics and all the emergency people. And Brother Jeff, he said, they hauled out seven people before they got to the man that was actually dead. Now, that's dead. That's D-E-D, -E -D, dead. I don't want our church to be dead. I want our church to be alive with the Spirit of God. When somebody walks through the back door, I want, to see, I want them to see somebody's hand in the air. I want them to hear somebody's hands clapping. I want to hear, or them to hear somebody shouting glory, hallelujah. Folks, we're not on the losing side. We're on the winning side. Jesus Christ did not stay in the grave, but by the power of God, he was resurrected from the dead. He's alive forevermore. He's sitting on the right hand of God right now. He hears our prayers. He dispatches his angels to answer our prayers. Sometimes he personally shows up to answer our prayers, and that ought to prompt some kind of praise out of every one of us whenever we think about the fact that our God is alive and well today. That ought to get us excited, excited enough to shout hallelujah every once in a while.
We need to learn the principle of obedience when it comes to the area of our participation in the worship service. Well, Brother Jeff, I, I, that's just not me. I had a lady walked out the door one time. I, I had a friend of mine used to tell me this happened to him 50 years ago. I thought he was lying. Good friend, but I thought he was lying to me. Till a lady did it to me. Walked by me at the end of the service. I had preached till my suit was soaking wet. I mean, as much cologne as I wear. And let me tell you something. If you can't smell me coming three blocks away, I don't have enough on. That's my philosophy. But I had preached so hard that day, JT, I, I'd sweated through my shirt into my suit. I was tired. I thought I'd done pretty good. She walked by me and she said, oh, Brother Jeff, said that was so good. Said, it's a couple of times today while you was a preaching, I almost shouted. I said, lady, you need to turn that cat around. And if it gets on you, go ahead and shout glory to his everlasting name. At least people will know you're alive. Better yet, they'll know your God's alive when they hear you shout. You want to know what makes people shout? You want to know what makes people raise their hands? You want to know what people get emotional about in worship services? They get emotional about what they're passionate about. What they're passionate about. As a young preacher, I spent a lot of time in funeral homes. I was doing a funeral for a family one time. Their young daughter had died in her mother's arms. And as she was passing by for the last time, you know how in funeral homes, a lot of times the funeral directors will say, would the family like to pass by one last time? This was her last time. And I'll never forget it. It shook me. This lady, whose daughter had died in her arms and now was laying in that casket, she crawled into the casket on top of her daughter, put her arms around her, and started screaming, and she wouldn't let go. The funeral directors tried, but they couldn't pry her loose. And finally, they looked around at me, and they said, Reverend, could you help us? I tried. I bent over that lady, and I began to read to her, Scriptures about the promise of heaven. How that one day through faith in Christ we'll all be reunited and see one another again and finally, eventually, through the pulling loose of her hands and the reading of comforting scriptures, she did eventually let go. Do you know what? That lady was passionate about her daughter. How much she loved her. That's why she wanted to crawl in that casket and either pull her daughter out or go with her, but she wasn't going to be quiet, and she didn't care who heard her. We found out what she was passionate about, by what she was the loudest over, and that was how she loved her daughter. Joshua's fame was noise throughout all the country. You want to be famous? Learn how to be obedient. Learn how to be obedient in your attendance at God's house. Thank you for being here today. You've learned that. But learn how to be obedient 
when it comes to the area of participation. We want people to come from all around, and we have people here from all around. But folks, if they come in here and they see us not passionate, demonstrably passionate about this place and our God, they'll get that. They'll understand. We don't care. They'll understand. We just come here out of some kind of obligation. I'm not here out of obligation. I'm not here because somebody forced me to come here. I'm here because I want to celebrate the fact that my God is alive. I want to come here today and I want to give him all the glory I can. Number one, it's due his name. And number two, he saved me from hell. I'm going to heaven today. And that's something I get pretty passionate about. Because you know what I deserve today. You know what you deserve today. You deserve to spend eternity separated from God forever and forever. But God made a way through Jesus. Romans chapter 5 and verse 7 says, He has provided a way for you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. I'm pretty passionate about that. Let me hurry. Joshua was famous why. You want to be famous how. Number one, learn the principle of obedience. Number two, Joshua had learned the principle of courage. He wasn't afraid. He was not afraid. You see, he was 40 years as the associate pastor of Moses. And then all of a sudden, boom, Moses died. And he's in charge. You think that would scare somebody to death? Didn't scare Joshua. He said, I believe I can handle this. I've had 40 years to observe Moses. I've had 40 years to observe God. And I believe it's my, my turn now. So he learned the principle of courage. Listen, folks, we live in a dark world. I don't believe it's ever been any darker than it is now. Put your face right up against one of these black chairs and you're going to see black. Well, that's about the color of our world today, black dark sin everywhere you look. Do you know when light is its most important? It's most important in total and absolute darkness. Now they could start dimming lights in here and one or two of these lights above my head which, by the way, we've got enough lights in here to land a jet airplane at Redeeming Grace. I, I don't know how we ended up with 77 lights in this sanctuary, but we did. So if you ever are flying an airplane over Redeeming Grace Church, just call somebody. We'll turn them all on, and you can land here. We've got all this property for you to land on. One or two of these lights will light this place up if it's pitch black. But do you know a pin light flashlight will light it up if it's dark enough? Because light is of its greatest value and does its greatest work in total darkness. Oh, listen, this world today, it is so dark right now. It needs somebody who will stand up in the midst of all the darkness and say, Jesus is the answer. For the world today, above him there's no other. Jesus is the way.
It's dark out there. But Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Will you be that man? Will you be that woman? Will you be that young person with courage who will stand in the middle of a dark world and say, I don't care if they kill me. My message is the same. Jesus is still the answer. Joshua learned the principle of obedience. He learned the principle of courage. He was famous, the Bible said. How do you get to be that way? How can you get to be that way? You want to be famous. Learn the principle of obedience. Learn the principle of courage. And Joshua had learned the principle of faith. He'd been in his job 40 years. He saw the Red Sea part when they left Egypt. He saw the walls fall down at Jericho. He would see them fall. He saw God deliver them out of Egypt and Pharaoh's bondage. He saw God deliver them through the plagues and all the power that he showed. And Joshua said, I have faith in my God. And yet we sit here in this sanctuary today and some of us have addictions in our lives. Some of us have been literally destroyed. Be honest. Don't tell me. Don't raise a hand. Don't do a dance. But some of us today have been absolutely destroyed emotionally. Somebody put a hurting on us that nobody knows about, but it affects everything we do. Everything we do comes from an emotional hurt somebody put on us. We can't get past it. Some of us are addicted to prescription drugs. Some of us are addicted to different substances. And they overpower us. And we don't even have enough faith to believe God. Can get us off of the things we're addicted to or the things that have damaged us. What we think beyond control. Where is our faith? Where is our faith? Have we learned the principle of faith? If we don't learn it, we're never, ever, ever going to be famous for our relationship with God. Joshua had learned it. Listen, faith says, I'm going through with my little hand in God's big hand. I believe God. Faith says, I believe God can heal all of my emotional hurts and scars. I believe God can break every addiction in my life. I believe God can do for me what no doctor could do, what no psychiatrist could do, what no pastor could do, what no brother or sister could do. I believe God can do it for me. That's faith. And if you're ever going to be famous for your relationship with God, you're going to have to learn the principle of faith. going to have to be obedient. Going to have to be courageous. Going to have to be filled with faith. So the Lord was with Joshua. And his fame was noised throughout all the country. So you want to be famous. Obedience, 
courage, faith. Let's go. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you'd like to contact Dr. Steele, you can go to his website at jeffrsteele.com. If you'd be interested in Dr. Steele coming to speak or having the Steeles minister at your next event, there's a booking inquiry form there. You may also call the office at 256-590-2068.